people. Welcome to the God's Not podcast. And as usual, I'm here with my wonderful husband, Alex Boate. Hey, people. And we have an awesome couple with us as well. We have Jay and Kashina, um, who are actually the co-hosts of another podcast that you all need to check out. It's called A Family Bound by Grace on all the major platforms. And I'm sure after this episode, you'll go and you'll go find them because they are amazing. They have been married for seven years. Um, it'll be eight years in August. And so similar to us, we're eight years in June. So, um, you know, married just a couple of months apart. Um, and they have four children, of which three of them are six because they have triplet girls, um, which is like some some people's dreams, um, like to have that triplet girls. That's just like, you know, an amazing thing. Um, and they also have a three-year-old son. So four children, three girls, three triplets and um, a boy. And also they homeschool. And so I really was keen to have this conversation because they voluntarily homeschool. I know you're all thinking we all homeschool, but no, they've been homeschooling from the very beginning. They were not told by Boris Johnson that they had to homeschool their children. They voluntarily decided to homeschool all four of their kids, which is amazing. Um, And actually, I've known about Kashina for a while. So this is just a great opportunity to connect and just to um, for her to just school us on how to school our kids, her and Jay, I would say, yeah. So um, welcome, guys. Welcome, Kashina. Welcome, Jay. Thank you. Hi, uh, thanks for letting us come. Yeah, it's great to be here. So, guys, how did homeschooling come about? Like, what what happened at the beginning to make you guys decide that homeschooling was the right choice for your children? <laughs> um, I guess we're going to the short version for this one, but... It basically came down to when we first found out that we were having triplets. At first, it was twins. Uh, we went on holiday, came back, and they told us we were having triplets. So not quite wow. what Jamaica did to us, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been the worst. But do you have twins in your families? I, I My do. My wife does, yeah, yeah. Twin cousins and twin aunts, yeah. So no oh, wow. Alice's mum is an identical twin. Yeah. And he has twin cousins I've got, as well. Yeah, I've got quite a few twins in my family as well. It's possible, guys. You could have a triplet. No, it's, it's not because we're finished now. <laughs> I, I would love to have two girls and hold them up, but Alex says that it's over, so we'll see. But yeah, so um, so triplets. So you found out you had triplets. You were having triplets. Yeah, go on, Jay. Yeah, so, um, so, um, so when they were born, my wife decided to go on a sabbatical. Um, from work sorry she had maternity leave first and then a sabbatical because we were deciding what we're going to do because looking at childcare prices we was like there's no point in working if all our pay is going towards childcare yeah and I I think before you even go there like I think even just to clarify like three babies because even you know someone will say with one like going back to work so I guess with it times three would definitely is it was pointless yeah yeah it was really pointless. What were you doing? What were you doing, Christina? What was your job? So I was a pastoral assistant in a secondary school, and I loved my job. Like, which was like a five-minute walk from the house as well. So she definitely loved yeah, it. Five-minute walk from the house. I was done by four. The very latest. Like, I loved work. Absolutely loved it. But um, I, I do remember actually. I found my notebook the other day, my diary, and it said, "Girls, nursery nine months." And I'm sure while I was writing this, God was having a little giggle, like, <laughs> that's what you think. Um, because that's not where we ended up. No, not at all. <laughs> so when you decided um, that you were going to take some more time out of work, how did that become you were going to take responsibility for their education? It was during that actual period that 
she was just like, I'm actually quite enjoying this. A bit. And I was like, okay, well, I can't afford childcare anyway, so this is working out for me. <laughs> and then, yeah, well, yeah. And then I watched, I read this book, um, and it spoke about how children are supposed to run oh, around yes. like little lambs yes, yes, for yes. the first seven years. And I read it, and I was like, it was a Christian book as well. I was like, well, that doesn't make sense, does it? Like, who does that? We don't do that here. And then I saw a scientific study on countries like Finland, Switzerland, Sweden, and their kids don't go to school till seven. I was like, well, maybe God's got something Mm -hmm. going on here. Like, really, Sheila, come on. Like, God didn't know what he was doing. So that's when we started looking into it more, even though everyone thought we were absolutely cuckoo. Yeah. Yeah, actually I want to go into that. So so at what age did you decide they're not going to school? Was that when you had to actually put in the application for their school choices? No, it was when she had to decide whether she was going back or not to after mm-hmm. the sabbatical. She had to make a, a choice and the choice was sorry, I'm not actually gonna come back. It was hard as well because at that time, pay wise, I was having I was earning more at that specific time as yeah. well. We were living in a one-bedroom house and Sheena was earning more. And then we now we had three miles to look after yeah. on top of our own. So it was like, okay. It took a while. It, yeah. I was dilly-dallying. And then a very good friend of mine said, um, you know that delayed obedience is still disobedience. I was like, yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was like, you really have to make a choice. You yeah. have to decide if this is what you believe that God's calling you to do, then you have to jump, even though it doesn't make sense. So do you believe that stretched your faith? Oh, yeah. And, and it was a lot, it was very stressful at that point as well, because I was working, a, I had hours, so it might sound drastic, but I had hours. I was working a zero hour contract at the time. I, I was a supervisor, so I always had hours, but it was until you got to manager status, your hours weren't guaranteed. You weren't on a full contract or anything like that. So, yeah. um, but it was a zero-hour contract, and my hours of work in general, in terms of when I had to go in, was I could start any time. I get my rotor in like beforehand, but I could start any time: two in the morning, three in the morning, four in the morning, two in the afternoon, three in the morning, four in the afternoon. Um, and it wasn't a case of okay, you go to work and you're working for two out of three hours. It was. You go to work, the end time is when you finish the job. But for you, it's even worse because it wasn't just when you finished the job. Because you were supervisive, everybody else messed up. They went back, home, yeah. but Jay had to stay behind. So Did he was doing like managers and all sorts of stuff. 14 hours. And, and you had triplets. Yes. And I had- <laughs> Listen. So how did you hold them all at the same time, Kashina? <laughs> I know. How? Great difficulty. You become really inventive, though. Like two you on do. your leg, one patting, and yeah. you'd be surprised. Pop feeding. When we figured out pop feeding, it was just a lifesaver. Yeah, so you get. What is pop feeding? You get well. It's when you use other items in order to hold out the bottle. So in our instance, we use either blankets or towels, and you twist it. And then you, wow. you place that underneath the chin and going up by their heads and then you can lay the bottle on it so it's always in their mouth. Obviously, you stay there because you have to supervise, but it yeah. meant I could eat while they were eating. Like, <laughs> it was a lifesaver. Because if they turn their head, the bottles will fall enough. So. Wow. You need you need to come back on the podcast and just school us on how yeah, to honestly. handle multiple kids, even at different ages. But um, Do you know what? My heart is just beating, just <laughs> hearing about it just now. Honestly, I'm just like, oh my goodness. So triplets, twins. You know what though? Joseph was amazing because even though he would do like 14 hour shifts and it was a really it was a really weird place. This is totally not about homeschooling, but 
I felt like a single mum, but obviously I wasn't a single mum because I had a husband who was there and he would come home, like, I don't know how he got home sometimes. He was like, the angels got me here because no, he was seriously. shattered. Yeah. And he'll still come home and try and help with the kids and change their nappies because obviously you have to do nighttime feeds, right? And yeah, it was. But that's, so, so that's what, I'm just trying to understand how you um, decided even like you know you, you had the option of sending your kids to school for at least like six hours a day mm. <laughs> to get some you know some space in your mind to just think and to still you know to make that decision that we're going to homeschool because I think even with one child um people like myself I wouldn't even trust myself to like take that responsibility of educating my child solely like I totally believe that you know, as parents, you are your children's first teacher and coach, even in like, you know, they do football or whatever, like take that interest and learn and teach them. But then I also feel like I need the support system of the system. And um, I just, I just want to, you just to talk about how you got that confidence to believe that you could equip your children with everything that they needed in their maths, their English, their grammar, their whatever else um, that could, could, you know, is part of the curriculum that you have for your kids. I'm going to tell you a secret. I have never spoken to a homeschooling mum who felt confident at the beginning. Ever. They don't. It's, they don't. Yeah. They just make a choice that this is what I'm going to do. And we, I've met Christian homeschooling parents. I've met atheists who are just like, I don't like, they don't like that this, the school system is shoving certain things down their children's throats. And so that's the reason why they took it, their children out. You'd be surprised met, how much atheists, yeah. There's quite how a much few atheists, take their, their atheists but, but you know, and, and they actually said, I'm atheist. And I was like, hi, I'm Kashina. <laughs> <laughs> how are you? That's a really to go with this conversation. Um, but I don't, I've never met a homeschooling mum who felt conf- confident at the beginning. You don't. I think it grows. But I think that's the beauty of it is that you, from a Christian perspective now, you learn to trust God. And we we went through trying to do school at home. And that but, was. But but before that, the, the one thing I would say, although I was mainly out of the house, I see the one thing that kind of gave us hope, quote, unquote, or for me anyway, was the fact that um, while they were young and we were still going through, like, Bible tests with them and stuff like that, they memorised them and they were able to repeat them. We could start a sentence and they would finish it off and stuff like that and they'd know it. And we still got videos of that. And it's kind of a case of, okay, well, they can obviously pick up the concept. We're doing something right. Maybe we can move forward with that. Yeah. So um, if you, in this country, want to formally go through the homeschooling process can you talk a little bit about how do you do that yeah what's the procedure so our children have never been in the school system ever they've not been to one day so in theory they don't even know where the kids are or they do because they've been to hospitals and stuff but if you if your child has been in the school system then you have to deregister them okay Okay. so you have to go form from the school deregister them and then you have that process yeah. yeah people who will then come to the house and check to see what it is that you're doing um, to make sure that they're reaching a certain standard, but you don't have to follow a curriculum. Um, Yeah, you don't have to follow a curriculum. They will just check, I suppose, like if they can read and they can write according to their age. So for us, we don't actually follow a curriculum. Um, I suppose it's very much like um, Sweden. So they, 
in Sweden, those countries, they don't read until seven. Like they, they don't learn to read. And so we, we tried our best to follow that. But our daughters just wanted to read, which is fine. Like, okay. But we didn't actually start teaching them until last year. Last year was when I started to teach them. Yeah. Um, and I saw it on my Instagram. It was July 2019. So it hasn't even been a full year yet. And now like they read the Bible. And by teaching, I'm talking about... They wanted to read, so we... Yeah. <laughs> oh wow okay so like from the very beginning yeah that was the first time we started now you'll see them reading the king james version bible because it just happens to be the bible that's in the house and that's the bible that they're reading um so like we really praise god because it was really challenging i think the hardest thing is did you ever doubt your sorry just sheena did you ever feel like at that point where maybe you saw your friends children who are in the school system i don't know read maybe did you ever think have you made a mistake? A hundred percent. I mean, several times. I mean, <laughs> they, there's ten cousins. There's ten of them all together, and everybody else's children are in school. So it's a lot of pressure, and like our parents thought we were absolutely crazy. Yeah, I was going to ask that. <laughs> I was going to ask, like, what what did the community around you, your friends, your family, how did they react to you making such a big decision? And and I guess. Was there anybody else in your family that had ever gone through homeschooling before? Was this alien to them? Yeah, alien. Totally. I don't don't think we knew anyone else that was homeschooling before we started, actually. No, we did. We had two friends, Anna and Tasha. They were both on this homeschooling journey together. Um, So that was really helpful to have when everybody else thought that you were crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And then what about the community that you built? So once that decision was made, did you actively seek out um, home learning communities? And if so, what where can people find those those communities? Facebook is a really good place. So when we, Milton Keynes actually has a very good homeschooling network. Um, I don't really tap into them as much. Um, I'm just, we have friends here that homeschool as well. And we'll go to like, groups um homeschool groups sometimes um or different activities that are going on um but i wouldn't say we have like a clique that we no, that we're always with it was a particular a, group we we're in this area god can you please provide someone for us yeah. to bring our children around yeah and, and that's how we met the friends that are up in milton keys at the moment yeah but in on Facebook, Facebook is definitely the place to go. Every time we think to move somewhere else, the first thing I do is check how many homeschoolers are in there, what's the homeschool community like, um, and you can easily find that information on Google and Facebook. You just type in the area and homeschoolers, and you'll see the different groups, and then you can tell how active um, the homeschoolers are in that area as well. We were supposed to go to Valencia actually in March. I found a homeschooling group in Valencia in Spain, and I was. And meet with them every Friday. I was so upset, but it's, I mean, Spain's harder because it's kind of illegal. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, but I managed to find the homeschooling group, so you can definitely find them. So, um, so I guess you don't have you don't follow a particular curriculum, but you have said that you have done research into like what other countries do or like, but how do you track? How do you, yeah, track your children's development? How do you know that you're doing? the right thing like what do you use to assess your children I think it's really challenging because I think for us our stance is different yeah slightly different the main thing that we focus on within the first seven years is character building yeah um so it's building them up so that 
Yeah, there's a statement. I think it's the, the Jesuits have a statement that give me a child um, for the first seven years and I'll show you the man. I'll show you um, the man he'll become, yeah. So is, is, is the first seven years is a, a very fundamental period of time that we're now using to try and, and cement how they're meant to be, their pleases, their thank yous, their, their stance on uh, Christianity uh, and stuff like that. Um, and that, so everything kind of featured around that area. Yeah. Um, and you'll find a, a, quite a few um, resources or information pieces out there that tell you that um, when children normally go to school after they've been homeschooled, they're not behind. In fact, most in most instances, they're in, thr- in front of the people that have been at school. So mm. at our current status, we're not concerned too, too much about that. Um, but I mean, because there's three of them, you'd think, People normally think, oh, yeah, so they're all the same. They're so different that you can see where one normally is behind on the others and you can just yeah. encourage that without kind of forcing it down their throat, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, no that does. Yeah. I mean, run us through um, a typical day in your home school. <laughs> so currently in lockdown? Okay, so currently... Yeah. <laughs> The only difference being that we're not allowed to go out, which is what we'd normally do in terms of yeah, play groups and stuff like that. Fine. But yeah, okay. Um, okay. Currently, we will wake up, um, have family worship, breakfast. After that, we do exercising. We are so grateful for P with Joe. He really kicked up with exercise at home. But now we've gone on to like Spanish exercises so we could get the Spanish in while we're exercising. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Send us the links. Send I'll us send the links. The link. <laughs> I'll send you the link. Yeah. Now the girls are comparing muscles. It's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and after exercising, then we will do some sort of house chores, which is usually the clothes. So I don't know about everybody else, but this clothes thing is a lot for us. So we do a load of clothes in the morning. They fold their clothes, put their clothes away. Um, and then we'll have a focused activity depending on what it is. I find that projects work better for us. So currently our project is worms. Um, for those who are Christian, like a fantastic project is creation. We did creation for like three months. Literally each day you do a week. So light, you do everything that you can do on light. Day two, everything to do on water. Do you see what I mean? And you, like it can go on for forever. Um, and then after that, it's pretty much free play. Um, they cook with me. We had to break it up though. So it's one child that cooks with me a day because it was getting a lot. We were full of them in the kitchen for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, but it's good because then we can really refine like knife skills and. My daughter Taya is like the cook in the house, so yeah. she does all the cooking. Like literally, she's like, "Mummy, the quinoa is boiling, and I need to add some more water." Okay, girl, you do that yeah, literally. Um, and then after that, at the moment, um, that's when we're outside, and then we go to the allotment for the afternoon. What's the? Can you explain what the allotment is? Sorry. <laughs> the allotment. <laughs> It's a place where you are meant to go and grow food. <laughs> birds eat your broccoli. Like they did last night, yeah. The birds ate our broccoli, guys. Um, we planted it yesterday. Someone gave it to us and the birds ate the broccoli. Could the you imagine? Oh, gosh. Cheeky. I but, um, know. <laughs> but, but what well, that's amazing. 
<laughs> but what an allotment is is um is owned by the council. Um, we pay yearly. I think something like twenty or twenty five pounds something like that for a year mm-hmm. for a plot. Um, and that plot is yours for you to uh cultivate and grow whatever crops it is that you want to grow. Yeah, but um, perfect learning as well. Measuring, finding the worms, watering, is, yeah. science, English, maths, the whole shebang. So, which is the the main, which is what I say the main core of um, homeschooling is, is that you don't have to act like you're in a school in terms of sitting mm. down and studying. Yeah. It's doing things throughout the whole day. So folding clothes for us that is a that is a Bible lesson for me because I can tell them that when Jesus rose, he he had his clothes folded up. He left it all neatly at the end of the thing, like just showing them different Bible aspects from it, and it helps them to remember it whenever they're doing the same action, which they're going to be doing because that's yeah. something that happens very yeah. often in our house. We have a lot of clothes to wash, and I think I guess that is the difference. It's literally God in everything, and I took a really long time for us to get to that point because before time, yeah. I would try to do school at home, and I was getting frustrated, and I think that's what a lot of parents think: like, oh my, do, how do I do this? And it's that that's not your goal right now especially if you have younger children that's not your goal they you're not going to have a 21 year old who doesn't know how to read like don't worry about that but you could have a 21 year old with a stink attitude who doesn't like to share doesn't show empathy and do you see what I mean yeah no that is great perspective I I I think that's actually awesome what you guys have just said because I guess that's even put my mind at ease a little bit as well because I was thinking Imagine doing school at home. Continue. I, I mean, just through this lockdown already, I'm just like, oh my gosh! Like, I'm just. I our want men, it to our mental health. Our mental health. <laughs> Literally, um, and I, I'm just thinking to myself, the way you guys have just put it, that you know, you don't have to do school at home. Um, you know, there's other ways, creative ways that you can do it. Um, I think that makes it more fun as well. And I guess you can exercise a bit more patience <laughs> at yeah. the same time. But I think I think that's a key lesson for um, you know parents across the country yeah. that at this time we are going to continue teaching our children for the foreseeable because most of them are still going to be at home. Like my son, who's in year two, he's not going to be going back to school. Yeah. Um, and I think I am hands down someone who is like very regiment. Like I'm someone, and even my son, he does like routine to be honest. He likes to know what he's doing at what time. And, um, but that pressure that we put on ourselves that they need to keep up with, yeah. you know, the maths, keep up with the English. But it's true. Like most times our children, probably project-based learning is how they love to learn. They love to, they will take in the maths, take in the English based around a topic rather than it being so formal. But I think I love your perspective where you said, you know, you're not going to get a 21 year old who won't read, yeah, yeah. but you could have a 21 year old who doesn't have a good attitude. A good attitude. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's really profound and it is speaking to me right now. <laughs> yeah. And Sorry, go ahead, go ahead after you. I was going to say, like, I know you guys, I see your pictures. You do such an amazing job. And I think parents, like, we don't give ourselves enough credit because even for those who homeschool, those whose children have been in school and come out, they spend that like, two to three months and they call it unschooling. Like, they de-school. Like, you come out of that, even stopping your child from having that routine because they're just used to the routine in school they stop it all and they just watch their child and see what their child enjoys doing and they see what they like and then they use that to build on their homeschool and everybody's homeschool is very different I like to call it life school you just teach them through life if you cook with your children you're teaching them English, math and science if you want to learn a language say it in a different language 
and they just learned another language and all the food. Do you see what I mean? If, while you're and it goes back to Deuteronomy, while you're walking, while you're sitting down, while you're just teach them. It's life school and you do it anyway. Like you do it. You don't have to be like the teacher and everything else will come. So we didn't teach our children to um, subtract. We just realised randomly in the car that, that they a funny subtract. Story. Yeah. Well, tell us the story. Tell us the story. <laughs> so I can't I remember when we were driving, but we were driving and they had um, was it hula hoops. They had hula hoops in the car. And they put them on their fingers, as children would do. They put them on their fingers. And they, did we ask the question? Yeah, them, I it? said, oh, they said, oh, I've got five hula hoops. I was like, well, if you eat three of them, how many do you have? And they were like, two? And I'm like, like we'd okay. never, ever have enough of them. Like, what? How did you work so that out? I kind of guess you can just say that, like, hold on, let's try this again. <laughs> yeah. So why do you have two and you add one, three? <laughs> Yeah, but it's the same for multiplying. One of them randomly said um, last month, I think it was, or a couple of months ago. And this isn't us, like, we can't take credit, but God, right? She She said, um, Oh, mummy, three threes are nine. And I was like, Yes, it is. (laughs) Let's try again. So, what? Three fours, 12. And then you ask them because you're like now you're curious how did you work that out you don't have a clue what they're talking about you're no. just like praise <laughs> god you got it i don't know how you do it i don't know <laughs> but that concept actually uh, mainly for us came when just like we said before sheena tried to sit down with them and go over the studying with them but when she got pregnant with our son she couldn't yeah. do any of that and yeah. it, it just got very stressful and stuff like that and then that's when they started coming out of things. She's like, hold on a minute. But I didn't teach you that. How did you learn that? Yeah, it and was then, their alphabet. Yeah. I got to D, guys. It's when we I got stopped, to D. <laughs> when we start trying to teach them by by typical yeah. means, yeah. they just picked it up and they ran with it. Yeah. And it was like, okay, well. Yeah. It was fine. God's way of showing me. You you ask, how do you feel confident? You don't. It's like this. It's the roller coaster. Like sometimes you're like, I've got it. And then other days you're like, what are you doing? Let's just go back. And yeah. like the devil really does try it. I remember one time this cashier in Aldi said to me, why don't you put them into school? I mean, you need time for yourself. And at that time I was already feeling low. And I was like, the devil is a liar. Get me behind me, Satan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but God always sends somebody else or something else to be like, no, this is where I want you. And I think it's different for different families. Um, but one thing I would say is if you feel that God is telling you to do it, then do it. Even if finances seem like it's not going to work out because on paper it didn't make sense for us to do it. But And it's the same with everything, right? If you feel God is calling you to do something, going into ministry, homeschooling, changing job or career, like if God is telling you to do it, do it and he works out the rest. Because now Joseph's earning a lot more than what I was earning at that time. And his job now literally is nothing compared to where we were before. He's like, the hours are great. They're great. But at the beginning it wasn't. But if you're faithful and... You just follow what God is saying, then um, He works out the rest. He works out the rest. Yeah, that's that's right. Do you know what? I love the way you put it, Kashina. It's not homeschool; it's life school. I mean, that's that in itself. You could you could put you could write a book about that. That should be your book. It's not homeschool; it's life school. <laughs> you know, people told her to write a book, and she has still hasn't done it. Yeah. 
Uh, Kashina, I, I guess I'm prophesying to you again. <laughs> but, you know, I guess some, for some parents, um, one of the fears is that their kids or kid would be, wouldn't know how to interact with other kids. Mm. Um, how did you guys combat that? There's a really good guy. His name's um, Scott, Scott something, Scott Rizma. He talks about um, like the science of like the child's brain. So for the first seven years, it's the right hand side of the brain, which is like the, um, the spiritual creative side. side. It takes seven years, longer in boys for it to develop. And then the left hand side, which is the academic side of the brain. And he also talks about how schools were set up. And I think it was the 1930s, might be slightly wrong, but that's when they had um, same age um, classes. It wasn't always like that. Um, And before that, it was very mixed. And I think children can learn a lot about um, how to respond to adults, how to respond to little children, how to play with little kids um, when they're in a mixed environment. And I think that was our concern a bit, maybe not so much as other people because we had three, Mm -hmm. Um, but for those who have one, you're always, they're not just in the house. And I think sometimes people think they're just there and they don't see anybody, but mm. they do. Like one of my favourite places to go to is soft play. It's perfect because you see how awkward your children are trying to make friends. and But you can coach them through it and you can say, oh, what did you say to them? Do you want to speak to that person? How are you going to speak to them? Or you can see whether someone's bossing them about, okay, well, how can we deal with this situation? So I think you you still have to place your, your children in certain situations so that they can build those skills. Um, and on top of it, they get to converse with adults and they learn how to speak with adults or people mm-hmm. from different ages, the elderly, the young, and it becomes very um, more broad, I suppose. I don't know, but I think with anything whether they're in school they're not in school you just have to be intentional about it right yeah yeah exactly but um kashina and jay um i'm I'm just thinking as well would you do you or would you send them to um extracurricular clubs for example so if your son was going to play football like you wanted to be part of a team would you allow him to do those things outside of obviously the after school type things no this is the beauty though like we don't have to do it after school you could do oh, it during, during the day. And that's part of homeschool. You see what I mean? So they do go to all of these things and that just makes up your your day. So they're swimming with that, like one o'clock in the afternoon. And against my wishes, he sent my son to football when I like basketball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Jay. I meant would you send him to basketball? <laughs> they don't have basketball don't, for like two-year-olds. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so they do go to the activities and we made sure that they had an activity because my son was too young to go to swimming at the time. So his sisters went to swimming, he went to football. Um, the girls did uh, the piano. piano, yeah. Uh, previously, they all did uh, gymnastics at one point, I think it was. It is expensive, so though. It's very... Yeah. Yeah. And you have three girls, so... Yeah. <laughs> the same age. It's not true, but yeah. You still do all of that. It just makes up your homeschool day which mm-hmm. helps your day to go quicker which is why even for, for the homeschool mums it's hard work right now because yeah. <laughs> you 
can't go anywhere. <laughs> Everything's on lockdown. But how did you, how, have you ever had to have that conversation with your kids of why they don't go to mainstream school? Like, I don't know if they, for example, go to church or, um, you know, in another setting where they mix with people, all their cousins, even their cousins are like, oh yeah, cause at school I do this and do that. And then we're like, mommy, why don't we go to school? Have you had that conversation? And if so, how did you navigate that? Yeah. Their aunt said, you should be going to big girl school soon. Knowing full well they weren't going to no school. But um, there's always one. There is always one. Um, We're just very real with them. I'm very honest with them. Um, We tell them that we believe that God wants us to to teach you at home right now. Um, And you can do all these fun stuff with mom and you can do this. What would you like to do? Um, They're not really bothered. What is ironic, though, is they play school at home and they sit in rows, which is yeah. so strange. I have no clue where they got it from. I don't know where because they got that concept from, yeah. I don't know why they sit in rows. It's I don't just... know. Yeah, and they like to come to the front to pray before school starts with the pencil in their hand like a microphone. So it's very bizarre where they, they've got this theory from. But, um, yeah, we're just very real with them. So during during the day, do they know that they're at school? No, so we kind of do that. That's a lie. They will say, we haven't done homeschool today because sometimes I will call the focused activity the homeschool. So they feel that they haven't done schooling because they haven't sat down or done what they would class as homeschool. Um, But I think now they're more getting the concept of like everything is school. Um, But yeah, they're they're quite quite easy going. I think they just enjoy the the freedom to... um, to do you did ask as well about how do I assess I do sometimes go back to the EYFS especially for the youngest one and more for ideas early years foundation yeah (laughs) um just to see what it is oh have I thought about this have I not thought about that so for example and with the girls as well I look at the year one what they would be kind of doing yeah how can I implement it principle yeah yeah so I I realized that they were doing dividing. They could do dividing, but um, I was like, okay, how can I include that even more so? So if it's Play-Doh, you just divide the Play-Doh. Um, when you're doing the food, you divide the food. So I do it that way rather than, okay. They do do book work as well sometimes. The yeah, girls actually have, really yeah. like writing. They, they do, love yeah. writing. They love reading, which is very ironic. Because... It's slightly a name, because then the books that we give them, they go through it in like a day <sighs> when it's meant to take them like a week. So it's like, okay. Now we have to buy another book or download another book and use more ink. So, yeah, fun times. Are there any good free resources? I mean, at the moment on lockdown, there's lots of resources that have... Everything's free. Um, I'm loving it. (laughs) I know, you guys are like, yeah, bring it on. But I guess, um, you know, after after lockdown, I'm sure a lot of parents may opt for homeschooling because they prefer, um, you know, homeschooling. Or I'm sure maybe the education system, there might be some sort of you know, change where there's, you know, a combination of like, you know, school supporting parents to homeschool. I'm sure COVID is going to change the way that our children are educated. And so just in terms of some quick tips, hacks, resources that for any parent that is, you know, wanting to homeschool, what what are the key things um, you would tell them? Mm, Twinkle is actually fantastic. I didn't actually use it much before, but it was free. So I thought, oh, let me check this out. And it's amazing. I said to Joseph, I might actually pay for this afterwards. This is crazy um twinkle is really really good um instagram for ideas um pinterest, pinterest for yeah. ideas 
of what it is that you want to do. Yeah, type in the subject name and, and it'll come up with a whole bunch of sheets and stuff that you can use to implement. So, mm. so my my next question though then is planning. <laughs> do you like plan the terms and like do you think of terms? Like how do you decide when to stop a topic or not? And like how do you do your planning then? I think this is I guess the beauty and the frustrating part of it, there's there's lots of different things. First of all, if you do like curriculums and you like to follow something, there are definitely curriculums out there that you can follow. Like ACE is a really good Christian curriculum. Um, and it's all set out there. They have paces. So you give your child the workbook and they kind of, you tell them the topic, you teach them the topic and they do it by themselves. So that's how ACE, A-C-E, yeah. Um, the one that, the reason why that's good as well is if you have older children, they can do their like GCSE kind of equivalents and it's recognized as a GCSE qualification. So that's really good for those who prefer to, um, we have younger children, right? So, but if you prefer to do it that way, you can. For me, I find that topics work, especially because the girls are still under seven, the kids are still under seven. I just literally pick a topic. What are they interested in? We're at the allotment all the time now. So I was like, let's do worms. Why not? And so worms it is. They might ask me an interesting question and I think, oh, let's do the project, the next project on that to figure out the answer together. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. No, excellent. 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 So when, how long are you guys going to, uh, uh, well, how long are you planning to homeschool for? So what age are you looking to go up until? interesting question it's a very interesting question do you have an answer um so my initial thought was to send them to school when they reached secondary age um and then it was to send them to school when they reached that year nine-ish age so that they can take their GCSEs at at year 10 year 11 um but I haven't decided yet I, I think it's so in terms of teaching them that stuff, um, in terms of general knowledge, I know that when they get to that age, if I haven't sent them to school, then I I would go down the road of hiring tutors if for knowledge that I don't know for their for their schedules and stuff like that. Um, but for me, I, I think it would be more of a what are they interested in in terms of what kind of career path they would go down, um, as to whether it would I don't want to say be worth, but for lack of a better term, whether it would be worth sending them to school to study that curriculum uh, by the time they turn college age they can I guess decide whether they want to the only difference would be that to go to college those who homeschool the older like GCC age instead of having their children do to like 12 15 20 GCSEs whatever it is now they just I think it was 11 for us yeah. but I feel like they keep adding um they just find what they're interested in so they will do like English maths maybe science so they have those ones. And if they know that their children are gifted in music, then they'll do the music BCC. Yeah. If they're gifted in, I don't know, languages, is... then... And so they focus on their areas and then they... So you're not sending them that. just to take every single GCC for... Yeah. For, like, stuff that they're not going to use. That's how they get around it. They don't have... They don't come out with 11 GCSEs if they homeschool. I've got um, just, I think, the final question for you, um, which might seem a bit controversial, but I just, I want to ask, what what would you say your um, ambition is for your children? Like, what do you want them to get out of the education system at the end by 16 or 18 or even 21 if they decide to go to uni? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I've never, I, honestly, um, ironically, academics just really isn't that, it's not. 
Unless the they're going to things, become yeah. a doctor, and I'd prefer them to be a medical missionary, to be honest. But if they want to be a doctor, then like they can be a doctor. If they want to be, a... this is going to sound very like you're so Christian, but honestly, um, I want them to live the purpose that God has for them. And that sounds very yeah, Christian, it, but that's actually it really like a hard pop out as well. But it, yeah, it's yeah. not a pop out. Is is the first seven years are their central year? That's what we're focusing on, and it's kind of cultivating that as they go past that, allowing them to be able to go into whatever field that they want to go yeah. into. Like one of our children's very, very, very creative, mm. and so I can see her getting into something like um, like architecture, uh, was it? Oh, yeah, architecture, <laughs> or, or becoming a painter or something similar to that effect. Um, and it's more of a case, okay, so how can we steer that gift? Yeah. Uh, one of them loves reading. So she might end up being a storyteller or writing her own books or whatever it may be. That it's just I can see kind of where their futures are going, but I don't know. Did they get to decide that at the end of the day? I think it's hard. Yeah, I think I think your approach is right um, because you want to be careful not to box your children in, um, and sometimes we can have our desires for them. Um, and they have their gifts and we don't allow them to be free and exercise their gifts. And before you know it, you know, their gifts and the talents that they have, it's usually it stirs them in the direction where God's purpose is for them. Um, so I guess as parents, we're just stewards. We're meant to guide them. Um, but God has the end destination for them in mind. So, yeah, I, f- I feel like the approach that you guys are, are taking is, is the right one. A brave one too, um, yeah. but for us who are not who who you know because I think when I listen to you guys, I just feel like you've surrendered that yeah that to God like you just you surrendered it like when I think about you know the things that I you know try to get my kids to do or like I feel like I want to be in control and make sure mm. but even though I want to be in control, I give them to school and then yours is like I have control but you seem like just so carefree about that control. I don't know. It's just very. It was a very interest. It's very interesting, um, and a very interesting perspective. And all of us now have sat in your in your seat, and and we've had to, you know, figure it out ourselves. And you know, probably go through what you said. You know, when you tried to make school school at your home, and it was just frustrating. And I'm sure a lot of us are getting frustrated because yeah. we're trying to replicate, you know, what they were doing before. Um, but then hopefully we have a little bit more time just to also just to get to know our children. Cause I feel like you guys have said, you know, these first seven years, you want to know our children. We just want them to want to know them, you know, make sure that they develop as they ought to, but just really get a sense of who they are and what, where they're going. And then we can think about how we're going to steer them to fulfill their purpose. And I think, um, we can all learn something from what you guys have shared and um, lots of wisdom there. Um, and just perspective on, you know, we are, building up our children for life, not just for, you know, an institution or to be in an institution. And we need to bear that in mind when we are thinking about how their brain develops, how their character develops, um, and ultimately leave it to God <laughs> to watch over our children. Whether at home or not at home, like, literally, you can't be there. No, things can change. And so we need to stay yeah. liquid, so to speak, so yeah. that we can change the dad with them. God might yeah. say we have to send them to school. We have no choice but to obey. Actually, last, last, last question. If one or two of your kids said, okay, we want to go to school now, like say they're a bit older and they want to go to school, and one of them is like, I want to homeschool, would you split them? Wow. That's an interesting question. Because <laughs> I remember we had a discussion that if we send them all to school, they'd either have to all be in the same class or all in separate classes. 
So that's an interesting question that you're asking, actually. And I don't know. I haven't got an answer to that. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but it's just, I guess because you guys have, um, you have triplets, so you have kids that are in the same class, plus you have your other son, so you have four kids. And um, the way that I, the vibe I get from you guys, you know, you are open to, you know, what God wants to do. And yeah. what if that takes you in different directions for each child? Because again, um, you know, we're the same parents of different children mm. and school for one might be, you know, perfect, but homeschool for, for another might be, you know, perfect as well. And I guess even though they're triplets, I'm sure they are different as well. Yeah. Um, but it might be something that you think about later, later down the line. Okay. Yeah. It's so true. You see it in their personalities. One can't sit still. But the other one can sit down for ages yeah. writing and, and doing all sorts. So you can see it in their personalities. This one went to school, they'll be fine. You if can, this one yeah. went to school. You can see. The poor card's all red. Like, no. You yeah. walk into the front room and she did a handstand on the sofa. It's like, you, you can't sit down, but <laughs> <laughs> you can see it in their personalities. They are different and you can see that. But yeah. in God's hands, we leave them. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, look, you guys are remarkable. And if I'm being honest, before we had this conversation, homeschooling was like, like it was like a, a complete no <laughs> for me. But the way you, the way you've put it, and I guess made it seem, I don't know. I just, I just like what you said about it's not homeschool, it's life school. I think that resonated with me quite well, um, and put all my fears to bed <laughs> um but honestly i feel that you guys are doing a remarkable um work and you are definitely an encouragement to parents who are definitely thinking about it so keep on going thank you very much thank you so thank you so much for joining us and people we will see you on the next episode of the god's not so ciao for now bye, bye.